God's been doing some great things. Uh, he's bringing some great revelation uh, regarding who he is, who our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is, as we look through the various names uh, of Christ. So we're going to continue that tonight. But first, as we always do, we want to welcome anyone that's here uh, visiting uh, with us for the very first time. For those that are here for the first time, you may not know this, but you are an answered prayer. We pray that the Lord will bring in guests to worship with us. So you're, you're an answered prayer. If someone asks you who you are, what you do, say, I'm an answered prayer. That's who I am. If that's you tonight, you're here, and uh, you'd be so bold as just to raise your hand up and put it right back down. We just want to give it up for you. God bless you. Right here, we have a guest with us. Praise God. All right. Awesome. Anyone else tonight? Praise the Lord. Someone back here. God bless you. All right here in the middle. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us. All right. Amen. Yes. Anyone else tonight? Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're so glad that you came out. We understand it is midweek and um, there are other places that you can be tonight, but you made an awesome decision to be here in the house of the Lord. For that, we thank you. We're so blessed that you're here uh, with us. In saying that, we have a special VIP guest room set up just for you. Outside the doors here, uh, to my left down the hallway, there's another set of double doors. As you make your way through there, uh, we have some refreshments, snacks, and information of all the great things taking place here at New Harvest. Uh, so make your uh, way back there. It'll, it'll be brief. We just want to send you away with some information and some tasty refreshments, and uh, it won't take long, but we just want to meet you in person. So church, let's give it up for them one more time. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Praise God, and it's, it's great to see uh, everyone else. Praise God, it's great to see you here as always. And uh, praise God, what an awesome worship service we had, right? Awesome. I mean, I just feel God's doing so much. I mean, as, as by the time we get to the preaching of the word, it's like God's taken us so many places. We've gone through so many uh, great things already through the worship, sh uh, worship. So worship team, thank you so much for your sacrifice and for the, the time that you put in to, uh, to being ready to be up here in worship. We, we thank you. It is well with my soul. Aren't those powerful words? The wind and waves still know his name. Amen. Your problems, your trials, your situ situations, your struggles tonight, uh, they're nothing compared to the presence of God. God still knows how to take care of his people. God still knows how to exalt his people. He still knows how to, uh, to redeem his people. He still knows how to deliver. And if we just rest in the presence of God and say, Lord, whatever you're doing, it is well with me. Because I know, God, that you're taking me somewhere great. The path that you're taking me, I may not understand always. It may not always make sense to me. Being obedient doesn't always make sense, Lord. But as I do that, as I walk in your presence, although things may look difficult, it is well with, with me. Whatever you're doing, Lord, do it. Because at the end of it, I'm going to come out shining. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. All right. Christ revealed. We've been, uh, we've been going through this, uh, this series. Uh, started in March, and uh, we're carrying it through this month. Uh, Christ revealed. So we've been looking at some great topics, and tonight uh, is going to be no different. God's going to help us. We're going to pray and ask God uh, to help us tonight. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to read the series text that is our, uh, our, our theme scripture, basically, for the entire series. And we're going to read a scripture that uh, ties into what we're specifically talking about tonight. And then we're going to pray that, that the Lord would help us. Amen. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. This is our series text, uh, Colossians 1, 15 through 20. The Bible says this. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. 
For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. In verse 18, and he is the head of the body, the church, he is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he may have the supremacy, in everything, praise God, that's good news, he may have the supremacy. In verse 19, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. That passage, that scripture in verse 20 is so amazing because we hear of the supremacy of Christ. We hear that all things in the universe were created by him and for him, but we understand that God is a God of relationship. God created all these beautiful things, all these great things, nature, all the great things we see in this universe, and it was done through Christ, but God desires above all having relationship with you and I, and that's said in verse 20, through him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Praise God. Now let's turn to John chapter 5, verse 22. Tonight well, we're going to be talking about Jesus, the righteous judge. Jesus, the righteous judge. John chapter 5, verse 22. The Bible says this. In addition... The Father judges no one. Instead, he has given the Son absolute authority to judge. Praise God. Let's bow our heads tonight as we pray and as we agree. Father, we come before you, Lord. We're so thankful, God, for all that you've done tonight, Lord God, for your presence, Lord, for allowing us to be in your presence, God. We thank you for your grace, God. It's because of your grace that we're here, Lord. And as we, Father, prepare to celebrate Resurrection Weekend, Father God, we Remember, God, what you've done for us, God, the sacrifice that you made for us, Lord. You didn't have to, God, but we're so glad that you did. I pray tonight that you would speak your word, that you would uh, minister to our hearts, Lord, that we would all walk out of here different, knowing you more, God, being more Christ-like, loving you more, Father God, and thanking you more for all the great things that you've done for us, Lord. I pray that you have your way tonight. Speak, Father God. Let it be your words, not mine, Father. We thank you. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. And God's people say, Amen. praise God. Amen. And I just want to thank uh, those that are here tonight, those that are uh, watching us online, streaming. Uh, praise God. I do have some family uh, uh, chiming in today. So I love you. Uh, praying for you. Thank you so much for watching us. And everyone else, praise God, who, who watches online, uh, thank you for, for being here. Praise God. Amen. So the son has absolute authority to judge. I remember uh, back in the day, quite a few years ago, uh, my first experience uh, going into a courthouse. And uh, I walked in. I was, I was there to, uh, it was a traffic situation, and I was, trying to, uh, I was trying to clear something up regarding a ticket. So uh, the first time I went, you know, I didn't know any better. I showed up in, in shorts. And how many of you know you don't do that? So even before I even got there, I think when I was standing in the line, one of the people from the court said, uh, you're going to have to reschedule, you know, basically you got to have reverence. I mean, right, you can't show up to, to court in, uh, in, in short. So that happened, rescheduled, went back. The time I made it into court, um, 
was interesting because I, what I remember feeling was the, the weight of reverence that, that was there as you walk into a courthouse. The, you know, you have, to, you have to be on your toes there. You have to uh, turn off your phones. You have to sit and be quiet. You have to listen. I mean, it's a place that you have to have reverence. And I remember feeling the weight of that as you, as you walk in. It's not a place that you want to mess around in because uh, you, have, you have the judge there. You have the judge, you have bailiffs, you have people that will just take you out if you're disrespectful. Uh, you have to follow a set of protocol and you have to do certain things because there is reverence that is involved when you enter an arena like that. Not only I had that reverence, but everyone else that was in that courtroom that day. And there's that moment when the judge takes the stand something to have the lawyers there. It's something to have the other jurors there. It's, uh, it's something to have uh, the bailiffs there, the law enforcement. But there's something about the judge coming in to take the stand, right? What do they say? All rise. That's an act of reverence as the judge uh, comes in and then everyone sits down. And it's, it's an act of reverence. And as we think about that, we think about in this earthly realm the reverence that one must have when they go into an, an earthly uh, courthouse, how much more reverence, how much more awe-inspiring and terrifying is it going to be when it comes time to stand before the Lord? The power of his judgment, of his authority, that he has power over all things. What he says goes. The judgment that he will render is final. The judgment that he will render is true. Now, when it comes time to judgment here uh, in, in this, this earthly realm, we understand that a judge is just a man, but he's been given that authority. And there is reverence there when we walk into a courthouse, but it's just a minuscule fraction compared to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible tells us that all authority has been given to Jesus. Now, with this fear that we may feel when it comes into falling in the hands of, of Almighty God, we're going to look here of, of what good news this is. The fact that Jesus has all authority and all power to judge. This can be uh, frightening for those that don't know Christ, as we're going to talk about here in just a few. But for us that are believers, we praise God for the fact that all authority has been given to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We're going to look biblically on what that means and why that is such a blessing to us. Initially, it can seem uh, terrifying, scary, fearful. But we're going to look at why that is the best news that we can hear, that all power has been given to Jesus so the first thing we have to look at tonight is Jesus' authority. Jesus has been given authority to judge. Again, John 5, 22, as we read, in addition, the Father judges no one. Instead, he has given the Son absolute authority to judge. Now, the Greek word for judge is krino, which means to separate, to pick out, to choose. Now, as we read in Scripture, we understand that there are those passages in the New Testament that talks about the nations being in front of the Lord there in his presence and him dividing the, them on the left and on the right and those on the right, him saying 
inherit my kingdom, come into peace, enter into your rest. But we hear the dire words of judgment that he gives to those who are found on his left, those that he has divided off, those that did not know him, and telling them to depart from him and go into everlasting judgment. It can be a fearful thing. And tonight, we're going to have an awesome opportunity, as we do every service, to have an altar call. An altar call for us that are believers to make things right, but for those that may have not yet made that decision to serve Christ, to follow him, to accept him as Lord and Savior, you are going to have a chance tonight, and I'll tell you, tonight, that is the grace of God for your life. The grace of God that gives us a chance to make things right. The grace of God that gives us a chance to say yes, because how many know, and I know many of you have been in a place where... You were that close to death. But you're still here. You were that close to losing it all. You were that close to losing your family, but here you are in the presence of God with your family. You were that close to losing your marriage, but praise God, you're here in the presence of God with your husband or your wife. And that may not mean that things are, are perfect and you're still working through it, but as you work through it with God's help, you're going to be all right. Can you say amen? With God's help, you're going to have victory. With God's help, you're going to have strength. Now, I want to read a scripture out of Acts chapter 10, verse 38. As we talk about Jesus' authority tonight, the Bible says this in Acts 10, 38. It says, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him in verse 39. And we apostles are, witnessing, are witnesses of all he did throughout Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him to life on the third day. Can you say amen? God raised him to life on the third day. Praise God. Then God allowed him to appear, not to the general public, but to us whom God has chosen in advance to be his witnesses. We were those who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. That's powerful. In verse 42, and he ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify that Jesus is the one appointed by God, listen to this, to be the judge of all, the living and the dead. Jesus has been given authority over everything. There are many religions out there. There are many doctrines out there. As you, as you go throughout the world and, and nations, there are many religions. But the Bible tells us, and we, we accept this, and we believe this is true, that God has chosen Jesus to be judge of all. He's been appointed by God to be judge of all, the living and the dead. So there's no question of Jesus' deity, of his authority, of his power. Now, again, the beautiful part of, of this is where we, fall in, where we fall in regarding God's judgeship, regarding his authority. Because as I read in the beginning, all things were created by him. All powers, all, all, every, every authority that's out there, every rule that's out there, every law of the universe that, that's out there was created by Jesus and is held together through Jesus. So that's great to hear. We hear about the creation. We hear about all that God did, all the great things that God did to create this universe. But in verse 20, as we opened up there, it starts talking about redemption. It starts talking about relationship, about you and I being able to have beautiful relationship with God the Father. 
Now, how can that be? Because we're sinners. We've messed up. We may have messed up today. You may have blown it today. You came into church by the skin of your teeth and you're here. I mean, everything was telling you not to come because you messed up just one more time and, and, and you feel that you had to throw in the towel, but praise God you're here tonight. There's good news for you and, and it's our second point is that sin is judged. Praise God. And we're going we're gonna to look at how that blesses us tonight. The sin that affects us has been judged by Jesus' death by his resurrection. Can you say amen? amen? Our sin. The sin that brings death, the sin that binds us, that would, would have us in chains, the sin that came into the world all the way back as we look into the Garden of Eden has been judged. Praise God for that. The sin that you and I once were, were bound by the, the temptations, the, 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 uh, the habits that you and I were once bound by have been judged by Jesus Christ Almighty, praise God. So what does that mean for us? The good news is, is that you do not have to be bound by sin anymore. Can you say amen? You don't have to be bound by that habit, that thing that keeps tripping you up. You don't have to be bound by that anymore. That's the good news. We talk about Jesus's authority and his power and his ability to judge. Praise God, he came to judge sin. Now it's the sin that was killing us, the sin that was destroying our family, the sin that was, was driving a wedge between us and our children, us and our wives, or, or you wives and your, and your husbands, the sin that was destroying your future, the sin that entered your household because of, of bad decisions that you made. The good news is that because Jesus Christ came to judge sin, we can be set free. Can you say amen? You don't have to be bound anymore. It doesn't matter what you are going through. It doesn't matter your upbringing. It doesn't matter what habits you may have given yourself to early on in your life. It doesn't matter who may have influenced you, who may have hurt you. You don't have to be bound by that. This is the biggest deception of the enemy out there in the world, and sometimes even in the house of God, is that you cannot change. That you were once like this, and you're always going to be like this. But that totally negates everything that the Bible tells us. Why did Jesus come? Jesus came so that your sin can be judged, so that you don't have to be bound anymore. So whatever temptation you're going through, whatever struggle you're facing, the truth is, is you don't have to be bound by that because Jesus has all authority and he's judged that sin already. He's forgiven you of that sin. If you will just believe it, if you will just confess it in your own life and confess that you are a victor in Jesus Christ, you could be set free. The devil's such a liar. God set us free a long time ago. He broke the, the chains that, that bind us, but sometimes the devil has us thinking and we're, we're, we're stuck in, in the old way of thinking and we never get out of it. The power of God's there. He sets you free. He's done it. He did it on the cross of Calvary. So why do we struggle with these things? Why do we give in again and again and we just let the devil have his way? It's because we haven't allowed the word of God to change the way we think. Spiritually, when you, when you ask for forgiveness, you're saved, you're set free. 
God's power is there for you. His power to, to access, to, to overcome everything in your life. But, but sometimes we don't want to get into the word of God and change the way we think. And that's why we keep going back to the old ways. We don't have to. There's no reason for you and I to be defeated. There's no reason for you and I to be bound. No reason at all. Why? Because sin is judged and Jesus Christ did that. In Romans 6.10, listen to what the Bible says. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. That's it. He doesn't have to keep coming back. He doesn't have to keep dying over and over again. He died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives in glory. In the, uh, he lives for the glory of God. So that is your truth right there, church. My brother or my sister that's struggling tonight with a certain habit or a certain addiction or a certain situation, highlight Romans 6.10. Scribe it in your heart. Scribe it in your memory. Remember that. For when he died, he died once to break the power of sin. That power of sin in your life is broken. It was broken back on the cross of Calvary. Once and for all. Done. Period. The devil's a liar. He's such a liar to make us think that we're not changed, that we can't be changed, that we can't have better lives, better walks in Christ, that we can't be victorious, that we can't enjoy the blessings of God that he's given us because we're so bound up in all these things. That's a lie from the pit of hell. He died once to break the power of sin. This is profound. It's profound, but it's so simple. This is gospel truth, church. Your sin and my sin has been judged when Jesus died on the cross. We need to grasp what this means. What does that mean for you? You don't have to be bound. Drug addiction, taken care of. Perversion, taken care of. Depression, done, taken care of. Fear, taken care of depression, all these things taken care of, praise God. Let's give God praise for that. We can say hallelujah and we can mean it. We can come into worship and we can praise God and we can mean it. Why? Because he set us free. His sin has been judged. Praise God. And I pray this Good Friday just takes on a new meaning for all of us. And I know we're believers. We understand what that means. I pray this resurrection weekend just takes on new meaning for us. The power that is there because of Jesus' death. The power that, that we can experience, that we can tap into because of what Jesus did for us. When you're there on Easter, when you're enjoying your time with your family, you're enjoying some good food, praise God. You're enjoying good fellowship. It's going to be a beautiful day. We're going to thank God. Take a minute to just remember and look. Look at the beautiful things that God's given you and thank him. Thank him because, of, because he died for you. Because he died for you, you and I could be set free and we can enjoy those things that he's blessed us with. Praise God. We can say hallelujah. Maybe you're here tonight and I'm talking about addictions. I'm talking about habits. And maybe you haven't been set free. The fact is you can be set free. Can you say amen? amen. I said you can be set free. Amen. The one that is bound in this place, the one that is struggling with that addiction, when I say that, you need to say amen because that is you agreeing with that statement. You can be set free. Amen. 
Amen. Praise God. John chapter 3, verse 18, the Bible says there is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. He took, he took our sin upon him so that we can be set free. Romans chapter 3, verse 25 and 26. The Bible says, For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life. We can complicate things so much, can't we? There are many things that we have to do. There are things that we should apply to our life. There are our, our, our laws that we should live by. But the Bible says that it begins when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. Just believe it tonight. Believe it and you'll be saved. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. Verse 26, and he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, praise God. For he himself is fair and just. And he declares sinners to be right. Oh my goodness. Isn't that something? He declares sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Jesus came to die for us. He came to judge sin. And you and I, the Bible says he declares sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Man, isn't that good news tonight? You know how you were. You know how your family treated you? They couldn't trust you. When you would show up, they would lock their doors. They would put their purse in the closet. They would keep it next to them because they knew you would try to run off with it. They wouldn't tell you anything because they knew that you had loose lips and you would tell everyone. They didn't trust you. They wouldn't trust you with a dollar. But look at what Jesus thinks of us. Look what the Lord God thinks of us. He declares sinners to be right in his side. The Lord has declared and said, yes, that is my son. That is my daughter. They are right in my eyes. And other people might say, well, don't you remember what they did, how they, 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 they messed up and, and what they said and what they did. They betrayed me and they backstabbed me and they did all these things. But the Lord in his grace, because you believe, still says, that's my son, that's my daughter. I declare him right. <clears throat> Sin is judged. I was reading on court and you have trials that go to jury but then you have non-jury trials and in a non-jury trial it's not up to the jury box or those people to to render the verdict uh, it's up to the judge and, and and that's just so similar similar to what the kingdom of God is like see the Lord doesn't have a jury he doesn't have to consult with anyone else he is a righteous and true judge and the verdict that he gives is final now, in a court case, when it goes to court, whatever verdict that judge gives is final. He hits his gavel, he throws it down, and it's done. Guilty or not guilty. And in the same way, the Lord, the Lord God has done the same thing with our sin. When the Bible says that he declares sinners, it doesn't just say that he thinks lightly on sinners or he has good thoughts, but it says, it talks about declaration. Declaration is a strong word. 
It's a proclamation. It's a statement that the Lord God Almighty is saying. He declares sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. So if you believe in Jesus, you confess, Lord, you've declared that I'm right. Lord, I don't take it for granted. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that you've forgiven me, Lord God, but you've declared me to be right. Praise God. So we understand that Jesus excuse me, has authority. We understand that he is judged, that, he, that sin is judged. And we understand now that we're going to talk about the judgment seat of Christ. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 20. Verse 11, praise God. Revelations 20, verse 11. Sin has been judged. And now we're going to talk about the judgment seat of Christ as we prepare to close here. Now, just some information here when it comes to judgment. We have to understand that the judgment of the unbeliever at the end, at the end times, is going to be different for, for the judgment of you and I, of, of us believers that, that follow Christ. Now, for the unbeliever, there's the great white throne judgment, and that's found in Revelation chapter 20. And listen to what the Bible says in verse 11 through 13. It says, And I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it. The earth and the sky fled from his presence. Wow, so powerful. Jesus is. But they found no place to hide in verse 12. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before the Lord's throne. And the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up its dead, and the dead uh, and the grave gave up their dead, and all were judged according to their deeds. Now, you and I as believers, we're gonna, as we're going to read here, we're going to be able to bypass this great white throne judgment. And it is going to be a fearful thing at that time and that place to stand before the Lord so with him judging our deeds. But in Christ, the Bible says that we could come boldly before his throne. Can you say amen? The Bible talks about the end time that the believer can look forward, can long For the day that Jesus Christ comes back. Now the Bible says that's going to be a great and a terrible day. And if I think about it, I mean the the, the day that the Lord's going to come back when he's going to render judgment on this earth. Because judgment is coming. Can you say amen? The wrath of God is coming to judge sin in this world. It's coming to judge all the ungodliness in this world. But the Bible teaches us that you and I can look forward to the day of the Lord. Why? Because it's the time that you are going to get your reward. All the sacrifice that you made, all the sacrifices that you made for the Lord, all the things you gave to him, all the ways that you served him and that you said yes in your life to Jesus, you are going to get your reward. That's why you and I can thank God for the coming of the Lord. We can look forward to that because we're going to receive our inheritance. You're going to receive your mansion. You're going to be able to be in God's presence for eternity. But it's not going to be like that for the unbeliever. The Bible says both great and small, those in this world that are esteemed, that are uh, all powerful in this world's eyes, there is, there, everyone's going to be at the same level there, standing before the Lord. Now, for the Christian, we'll be judged according to our works in Christ. In John chapter 5, verse 24, the Bible says this, I tell you the truth, those who listen to my message and believe in God who were sent, uh, believe in God who sent me, have eternal life. 
There is your promise right there, believer. Your promise there is that you're going to have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins. Can you say amen? But they have already passed from death into life. So the sins that you and I committed, they've been washed by the blood of Jesus. It's under the blood. Can you say amen? Sometimes we have better memories uh, than God when it comes to our sin. God has, has the Bible says, has cast our, our sin into the deepest sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered again. But here comes the devil sometimes trying to remind us of what we used to be. And as I talked about in the beginning, sometimes that's why we can't change the things that we're going through. Sometimes the habits are there because we, we, don't, let the Lord, we don't let the Lord do that work in our life. We hold on to these things and we constantly remind the Lord, I'm this, I'm that. But God's saying, I forgot about that. You're my son, you're my daughter. I've, I've taken your, your sin and I've cast it, as the Bible says, into the deepest sea of forgetfulness. That's good news for you. So all the sins that you've committed have been forgiven as you ask Christ for forgiveness. All of them. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. The Bible says this, for we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each one receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. So we are going to stand before the Lord. It's going to be a time for us, you and I, to, to continue to strive in this world, to, to understand that there's going to be a day that I'm going to stand before the Lord and God help me to, to be able to do all I can while here on this earth. So when it's time for me to receive my reward, God will, will say, come in, enter in my, my presence, good and faithful servant. So whenever you're tempted to sin, Whenever you're tempted to be a bad testimony, whenever you're tempted to do any kind of sin, remember that we're going to stand before the Lord. And I don't know about you, I want all the reward I can get. I want everything that I sacrifice. I want to be able to receive the inheritance of that. I want to be able to receive the reward. So that's the motivation for you and I, believer, to fight this fight until the finish, to finish the race. It's great to start something, but it's better to finish it. Can you say amen? As our, uh, as our uh, worship team makes their way up, as we enter into Resurrection Weekend, let's remember that. Thank God that all authority and all power has been given to Jesus Christ. Thank God that our sin has been judged. The power of sin. Jesus broke sins back when he died on the, uh, on the cross. The things that we struggle with, the things that we face, the things that we, that we sometimes think we're bound by and there's no getting out of, the truth is, is that has, been, that has been broken when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary over 2,000 years ago. As I opened up, I talked about being in that courtroom and feeling the weight of reverence and respect and awe when it came to being in the presence of a judge. And that is just so non-comparable when it comes to what we're going to experience in God's presence. Christ is a righteous judge. And it's good news for the believer. Because we're finally going to get to see our Savior face to face. We're finally going to get to see face to face our Lord and Savior, the one that we've been praying to. The one that we've been longing for, the one that we've, we've dedicated our lives to, the one that we have told so many others about, we're going to finally get to see his beautiful face. 
that's what we have to look forward to. But for those who have entered his presence and didn't have a chance to ask for forgiveness, it's going to be a different story. But that's not you here tonight. There are many that we know, many that I know personally that entered the, the Lord's presence in seemingly, seemingly an untimely time at a young age when they thought they had their, their whole life ahead of them. Friends, young friends that were still in school thought they had their whole life ahead of them. One day they're here, and one day, the next day, they're in the presence of God. And I pray, I pray everyone that, that passes and that goes into God's presence, I pray that they have a moment to realize the condition of their soul and, and be able to call out to Jesus Christ, but I don't know. I hope and wish everyone has that opportunity to do that. But that's not you here tonight. And I say that because you're in this present, you're in God's presence tonight, and you have a wonderful opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. God's grace is demonstrated to each one of us, every single one of us. God's grace is demonstrated. Why? Because we're in the presence of God, and we have a chance to say, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be Lord of my life and help me to follow you. I believe in you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. The fact that you have the opportunity to say that is priceless. So many that have gone into eternity wish they would be in your seat tonight. And we, we read about this in the Word of God. The rich man that, that died in the story of Lazarus, the beggar. The rich man was burning in hell and he saw Lazarus being carried by in Abraham's bosom and he was, enter, he was gonna enter paradise and this rich man was, he, he was saying, he was telling the angel, just dip, just have him dip his, his finger in water, put it on my tongue so that this fire that I'm going through can be quenched. But it wasn't gonna happen, it was final. It's a scary thing to think about. An opportunity that could have been taken advantage of, but was bypassed because we think sometimes we're immortal or we're going to have tomorrow. We don't know if we're going to have tomorrow. So with every head bowed and every eye closed tonight,